Hello and welcome to the Engineer Your Success Leadership and Life Harmony Like a Mother show. I'm your host, Kini Romanovska, award-winning journalist turned maternity leave and working motherhood strategist and CEO at Pros and Babes. Being a new mom and working mom can be hard. And we believe you should never be alone with the overwhelm of figuring out work-life balance on your own. So this is the place where you, successful mom with small kids, working in competitive corporate careers or STEM fields, come to redefine your priorities and values after having kids. Find work-life balance, make sure you're on the same team with your partner in career and family, and find belonging in an outstanding community of fellow moms so that you can create a clear path forward and you're never alone with a crushing overwhelm, isolation, or fears about balancing life and work after kids again. Get ready to engineer your personal and professional success and find life harmony without compromising family happiness or health. Did you know that women tend to lose up to a million dollars over a lifetime compared to men because caregiving duties impact our career and financial outcomes? And that 40% of women feel so unsupported after maternity leave, they feel like quitting. We're here to change that. It doesn't matter if you're pregnant on maternity leave or a working mom. If you love your career and want to build a life that helps you build success in personal and professional life on your terms, you're in the right place. Now let's get started. Welcome, welcome to a special episode. I have somebody that I really have a hard time letting go. When we talk, we talk forever. Nikita Ren Thigpen, I think at this point, I've got your name nailed down, do I? Yes, you do. <laughs> Perfect. So so people in our community at Pros and Babes are familiar with you. You've been joining us in Facebook and talking about uh, intimacy and relationships, right? That changes a lot. And before we dive right into our content, tell us, for, for those of our friends who don't know us yet, who are you? What do you do? Where are you joining us from? And something funny that happened in your day today. Oh, well, there's so much to that. That's a phenomenal package of questions. All right. So starting from the very, very beginning, I'm a licensed, well, my name, Nikita Rinthington. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, trauma specialist, sexologist, and relationship expert. All that gets packaged into one nice, neat title called Balance and Relationship Advisor, which is the easiest way for people to remember me by what I do. I help you balance and I help all things great in your relationship. So just packaged together that way. I happen to be a CEO and co-founder of a global personal development company called Big Pro Balance and Relationship Management Institute. We're servicing power couples that are amazing and awesome and how they create these wildly successful businesses. And they're now ready to give some priority to their marriage and create joy without taking away or dimming any more of their personal freedom. Because you know, like I know, if you've been in any kind of long-term monogamous relationships, you lose a lot of yourself along the way. And no one wants to do that after you've reached certain heights in your business and you're feeling all good about the work you do. You don't want to go backwards. So we help them go forward and really live fully. So that's how I show up today with all the work that I do. Something fun and silly that happened this morning. Uh, hmm. I have a lot of fun and silly things. So I was interviewing power couples this morning. I've had a lot of podcast interviews today. I think the silliest thing for me was tripping in my bunny slippers that I have on right now. <laughs> as I'm standing on my standing mat. You know, the standing mats, for those of you who have standing desks, is a little yes. rubbery, right? Like a kitchen mat. Um, and bunny slippers don't have a lot of grip <laughs> to them. 
So I had a moment where my face almost went into this beautiful painting that you're seeing right now, <laughs> but I missed it by a hair. So that was the silliest thing that happened to me today. <laughs> well, got to get a bit of a laugh before we, I'm sure we're going to laugh with, with what we're talking about. Our topic is intimacy at different stages of life. So as you know, Nikita and our, the, the title, at least when I was recording this, the title was engineer your success and leadership like a mother. And as we know, I mean, the, the divorce statistics, I think, are what, like 40 to 50% of marriages end up in divorce? Something Minimum. Like that? Yeah. And it's right? greater post COVID once we get those. Yeah. 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 And so we know that for dual career couples, we talk with a lot of dual career couples, women in STEM, not only, but often they're male dominated fields and they're, they're power couples, right? Often two engineers or a lawyer and a surgeon or yep. other demanding professions that required high education. Now throw a couple of babies into the mix. <laughs> and that really changes the dynamic in a partnership and a relationship and a marriage. So Today, we'll be talking about how intimacy revolves at different stages of life, pregnancy, postpartum, when kids are growing up and menopause. I'm fascinated with bringing up menopause because just like nobody prepares you for matrescence, right? Mm -hmm. It's a word that's such an aha moment for my clients is that emotional, physical, hormonal, and psychological changes that happen when you're a mother. Yeah. Nobody prepared us for that. Well, nobody's really talking about preparing us for menopause. And I know we know that nutrition and cortisol levels, right? And the stress we experience can show up in this stage of life and it can affect your intimacy. So since you're about all things balanced, let's, let's see how intimacy evolves what what couples can do to to nurture that spark be kind to each other give space when space is needed come back together when they're ready to what to expect maybe how men and women experience it differently so let's jump into pregnancy what yeah. happens and uh what do you see in in terms of intimacy when when couples experience the arrival of a child or expecting a child yeah for expecting a child the the continuum of emotions is really wide and varied because some women have an increase in their libido when they're pregnant and they are like bunny rabbits, not, not the slippers that I'm wearing, right? Like they are super connected to their body and their energy is flowing all the way up into the good juicy flow of their vaginal cadal. They, they can't get enough of their partner. They want some more loving all the time. And usually the men actually get burnt out really, really fast. And that because they start to feel inadequate. They also start to face having to compete with an expanding body. And then they have all these, you know, non-proven thoughts about not being able to fit anymore because their, their spouse's bodies are expanding and different, differing. It's obviously a biology issue, right? We have to take them back to school and help them see that that's not necessarily the case. Just because her, her belly and her hips are expanding doesn't mean that you won't fit in there nice and tight anymore. So there's a lot of biology that really comes up for couples when they are expecting their child, especially if there's an increase in libido. On the opposite side, the opposite side of the continuum, if the libido goes down for one or both, because it's not always just the woman that's experiencing these changes and their chemicals and her hormones inside, the man is also changing based on whatever is going on with him at that time, his stage of life. life if he's over 30, his testosterone is decreasing, which does impact his libido. He might be facing erectile dysfunction, like all kinds of technical things that can come up for people, as well as a lot of men have fears around, will my wife still want me after she's had, or my partner mm -hmm. still want me after she's produced a six, seven, eight pound ball of meat 
out of her body right? <laughs> and push that. So they, they get in their heads a lot. It's usually not the first time they're in their head. Men who get in their head a lot when a wife, a woman is expanding in her body and her body's preparing for a baby are the same men who were doing that well before they created a child together. They would get in their head and make assumptions around how mm. that woman is thinking, um, how she's interpreting or an action or an inaction. Is she listening to me? Is she really hearing me? Does she appreciate me? I don't feel validated. All of those thoughts were happening well before they created a child, assuming that they had some time together before they had the, the blessing of creating a baby, right? Um, yes. And those are all things that we have to keep in mind as we're thinking about the challenges with intimacy, especially physical and emotional intimacy that arises for a couple during pregnancy, postpartum in that fourth trimester, that first three months after they had the child, when the woman's body is also kind of coming back together and the hormones are still raging in so many different ways for up to 18 months or longer post-delivery of that assumably healthy child. Because if the child wasn't healthy, there's a whole nother layer of context that goes into that. So what I tell couples all the time, while they're, if they have the privilege of working on their intimacy when they're nurturing a seed inside the, the mom's belly and getting ready to come to fruition, is to do more emotional intimacy work. Look, pay attention to how you're holding hands. Are you sitting next to each other? Are you, you know, walking with each other and then stopping to look into each other's eyes and have mm -hmm. those gaze moments for hopefully at least 30 seconds or longer, it feels a little awkward and silly. Like, stop, look at me, right? Like, I you know, know, I tried, I tried. It made my husband blush. <laughs> it is, it, it feels silly. It's fun. Yeah, the silliness and the laughter opens up your heart. That also increases your emotional intimacy because by laughing alone, you've increased your oxytocin, which is the bonding, the love hormone that some people talk about. Um, so those are really good things. Sometimes, you know, you, you might have a, a different type of human that you're with and they really can't get into looking at each other and gazing into each other's eyes. There's no judgment there. You can do other things to spark that oxytocin. Hugging sparks oxytocin. Um, if you're pregnant, you know, rubbing not just on the mama's belly, but on her hips, her lower back. Oh, that's orgasmic in and of itself because a lot of pregnant mamas have back issues. So give her a nice, you know, soft, gentle back massage without expectation because it might end in her going to sleep. And that's not for you to be offended, right? Like, <laughs> You know, if that happens because you've relaxed her so much, but when she wakes up, she feels good and she's actually more open, literally more open to receive you. So there are small little uh, tactical things that you can do as the father of the, the baby to come as you get ready. So you and mom don't necessarily lose each other. And also moving that same energy, even when you have a crying baby at home, who's what are breastfed babies are what up every two hours. Um, if you're lucky, they go to sleep for 20 minutes at a time. We call them bird naps. We don't even call them cat naps anymore. These children are a different breed. They're really not sleeping long. And when they do, it's usually because you're holding them. So when you're holding a baby, that's obviously going to interrupt 
a lot of, you know, physical play on so many levels and you're nurturing and you're caring. You're also projecting some fears on these babies, which also interrupts. If you kind of think of your intimacy as like a Wi-Fi signal, Wi-Fi signals get interrupted when there's walls and beams and barriers in between. And sometimes we use our children as those walls and beams and barriers because we love on them and hold them so that we can block any intimate expectations that we are just not prepared to move forward to. So we have to also look at that as well. So much, so much wisdom in there. Okay, I'm going to make you laugh a little bit because in the previous conversation, you talked about play and how important it is for adults. And we, we took your advice seriously, Nikita. We pulled out our old Wii from the basement and we started playing a little bit of Pokemon challenge my husband and I it's been great like just it got that little competitive edge out the silly colors graphics it brought us back to the times where we were you know still a a couple before kids Uh, we even lived with roommates back then right so it just came the, the memories came flooding back and while we're playing we're also talking through the day so it just reduces the intensity of whatever we're talking through when I don't know there's something going on with our hands and the laughter and it's just been it's been great for us I mean we're um quite you know it's over a year into the pandemic and people are tired and it's hard to tap in like all those practices like gratitude and and tapping and EMDR whatever your toolkit is to get through life usually when it's tough well sometimes these things reach their limits. So your advice on play, not just playing with our kids because our, our kids are playful, but playing together, it yeah. was, it's uh, yeah. So there you go. You brought Pokemon back into our house. <laughs> I'm about that. Now we have to get you to do that. What is it called? Find the Pokemon game when you're like out in the street looking for oh, a kind Pokemon. of geocaching or, yeah. or geocaching. Yeah. We, we love to go in the, I mean, we, we love to go in nature and in the forest and things like that. So usually we try to leave the cell phones at home when we do that, but yes, Pokemon challenges back or battle, whatever it is. It's so silly, but it's, it's been, uh, and I love the retro aspect of it too, right? It takes you, it takes you back to a different time um, and energy. So, so play has been great for us. Okay. So we, we talked about the pregnancy stage now postpartum, Mm -hmm. um, probably while a lot of people wonder, am I ever going to get men might wonder, am I ever going to be with my wife this way or my partner this way, or what's going to happen? So, uh, what do you see in terms of your practice, the couples you've worked with, how have you seen the evolution in postpartum? What can people expect? I I suppose there is not one normal, obviously, right? Everybody's very different. So what can, can they expect? Yeah, that's a great question. And it comes up a lot, especially as your children are more inquisitive and they, you know, they don't have boundaries, right? Until you really help to shape them. So, you know, as a mama of, of baby boys, you're like, when do you get to go to the bathroom by yourself? Like what, what is a boundary when your kids are like knocking on the door and expecting to be with you at all times without, without any shame of like, mama needs to sleep, mama needs to rest. Mama and daddy need to sleep. Mama and daddy need to rest, right? You know, your your nanny, your all pair, your auntie is in the other room to kind of watch you. And they're like, nope, I still want you anyway. And then when they get older and become teenagers, it gets even harder for parents because they're like, well, my kids are aware that when we went upstairs to have rest time, <laughs> and then they're like, 
you know, okay, you're resting together all of a sudden, like, okay, right? So your kids are more inquisitive as they become older. And that actually makes it harder for parents in so many ways, which is why coming back, coming back to that recreational intimacy, that play Mm -hmm. is so important because it allows you to be creative and it starts to really work that creativity muscle. When you have children or even shared space, let's say that you don't, it's not just children in your house. Maybe you take care of your, your, your parents. You know, a lot of people are taking care of their aging parents uh, or a sibling or whatever other, you know, situation is going on in your family where you're sharing space or maybe you have roommates and all that you still get a little like oh are they listening to me you know can they hear me we have to be really quiet I don't know if I can do that and all kinds of fear start to rise up for you but if you're working out that creative muscle when you're just playing for fun and there's no expectation for what the prize will be at the end of the Pokemon game or Jenga game or whatever it is that you're doing it allows you to really build that muscle for when you need it So the reality is for our power couples, we're always coming up with really creative ideas and we help them tap into their creativity too. You've heard me talk about showers together, right? You know, you might have to be creative depending on the age of your kids. You might have to do a 5 a.m. shower because that's the only time that your kids are knocked out and really won't interrupt you or a a midnight picnic because the kids got to bed at eight. You were pretty sure they were really, really asleep by 10. And then between that 10 and midnight hour, you felt safe enough to like, we're not even going to get in the bed because our bed might make noise, right? (laughs) We're going to lay on the floor on a comforter. If they're depending on the time of year, the fireplace is going, the TV might have to be on just for background noise, not as a distraction for us. So we get really into the nitty gritty of how you can make this work and not feel too insecure. There's always a little insecurity, again, depending on the age of your children and whether or not they'll just kind of walk in or discover and you have to have those awkward conversations. What I like to tell all of our power couples, the conversation is coming. You can't, you can avoid it for so long. Like at some point, you're going to have your seven-year-old say, why do both of you have to be in the shower together? You know, like, can, or can I take showers with you, right? Like not understanding that there's a different context and you're going to have to have an age appropriate conversation on what a healthy relationship looks like. Not so you can protect your kids from the knowing of what goes on, but so they can see this is what mommy and daddy do to care for each other. And this is our special time. We have different special time with you. So we don't use words like you'll get your time with me too, because now your seven-year-old daughter is expecting to take a shower with you too. Right. And you don't want that to necessarily, or your son or whatever the case is, you don't want that to happen. So it's really tapping into that creativity and being curious and adventurous as awkward as it's going to be, because it will be, it will be really uncomfortable if you haven't seen each other naked in the day of light in a long time, because now that we have kids, everything is like cover up and hurry up and get a quickie and, and, and that's it. Or maybe it's not because both of you was tired. You tie it, tie it. You don't, you don't want to even go there. Then we have to address that as well. So it really depends on where the mindset is for both people in the relationship, working on those challenges, those inner child fears, those taboos that come up, getting them to a place where they can just play and have fun without expectation, and then starting to fold that expectation in that there can be some juicy, good loving that you don't have to be afraid of if we do it correctly. 
Yeah, that's uh, there's some lovely thoughts. And I remember listening to a podcast years ago about how to start bringing up the topic of intimacy with kids. And I remember hearing that just taking advantage of their little curious minds when they're scientists and where there are no taboos, they just you can talk about fruit and nature, however, anything just to plant those seeds and establish the trust that you are the trusted source of information to talk about these things before they start getting information elsewhere from the internet, from peers, right? So that really stuck with me as a way to build that rapport and trust early on when when the topic is not taboo, where it's kind of like a scientific conversation. Absolutely. Teachable moments. Just look for teachable moments. Don't wait for the big shoe to drop before you have that conversation. Yeah. So we talked about kids growing up and becoming teenagers. And there's a a period where things change, right? There's menopause. And I think for men, it's called andropause. Yep. So what happens? What do you see in your practice with couples as as these hormonal changes happen? And how can they navigate that to still maintain satisfying intimacy? Yeah. So what I'm seeing for depending on when the couple comes, like if they're coming and they both happen to be, let's say over 45, over 48. So they're more likely to have been pushed into that stage of andropause and menopause for the man and the woman. They are resisting having conversations about Mm -hmm. it. No one wants to be the one to open up the door because all of the stuff that's been locked behind that door over the years of feeling like I, I don't feel like it. I'm, I'm not interested. My mood is all over the place. I'm sweaty. I'm hot. I'm cold. I'm sweaty. I'm hot. I'm cold. You know, all the things that are happening that make you not feel as confident in your body and not feel sexy. What couples have done prior to them coming into my orbit and in my world is they hid behind the business. They hid in their career growth. They hid in getting more certifications and more education and more opportunities to be busy and to work. So by the time they got home and there was an expectation of loving that was there, it's like, oh, well, you know, I had 15 minute meetings today. I'm tired. I mean, what do you say to that? If your wife or husband really did have eight, 10, 12 meetings, you're not going to be like, well, let's try it anyway. Cause you don't want a tired lover. You want someone who's interested in the moment with you who has some energy for you but in order for them to have energy for you they have to have energy for themselves so everything comes back to that same place of mindset at the end of the day which I know you know better than most right with all the things that you teach for your other moms that working on their careers and doing other things we got to look at your mindset of what's happening here before we can really truly dive into the meat of it So when the couples come to me, they're usually, if they're at that age range, they're coming saying like, we know we need to address it, but honestly, we're both a little nervous about opening that up. One person is usually a little bit more eager than the other. Mm -hmm. I've had couples tell me straight out, I love, I love my lover, you know, cause you know, we call your, your lover, your forever love. I I love my lover. I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere, but sex is right down there with changing the tires. It's just something that has to be done. I'm not interested. I'm not looking forward to it. I just know that for the maintenance of our marriage, like the maintenance of a car, some things just have to be done. And that's not a good feeling either. And they're, they're not proud of it. They're acknowledging that they're in a space partially because their libidos have decreased, their confidence and their bodies have decreased. They're changing. Some are gaining weight or losing weight because of the menopause and andropause. So they don't feel as strong and sexy and sturdy and reliable, even in their own skin, 
like when you met them and maybe they were in a different, you know, space in their life and in their mind. So a lot of the times we have to look at well, where are these thoughts of inadequacy coming from? Because it's not just because of your hormones. Your hormone is a trigger of all the things that was underneath of there. It's like blowing up a bomb. The bomb mm. ca- didn't cause all the havoc. It's what the bomb unearthed that caused all the havoc, the ground that came up from behind it and blew everywhere. That's what happens when our hormones are all over the place. The hormones themselves are just hormones, right? That need to be regulated, deregulated, whatever the case is. But there were some scripts, some narratives, some concepts that you had that that hormonal change blew up and really threw all over the the marriage, the relationship, your life and your business, if you happen to be a career professional at the same time. So we have to address it and look at it. We can, of course, get into things to make you more comfortable, uh, lubes and oils and, you know, ways to touch and be tender and to slowly, you know, get someone ready to be open, you know, literally open to receiving additional intimacy from you. But that's a long way away from let's look at where these scripts are. I have couples that are 45, 55 years old that don't say the word sex. They're like, oh, we don't talk about sex. I was raised that you don't talk about that. That's just something that a man and woman does, you know, and you know, all of their definitions around it in the bedroom, behind closed doors, with the light out, underneath the sheet and the comforter. Like that's not something that you even talk about. There's not a lot of play. And we had to work with where those scripts came from and really unearth there's a difference and how you see the world versus how she sees the world. And it's coming up more now than ever because you can't hide behind a lot of the things that you used to be able to hide. When your kids were younger, you could blame everything on the kids. I'm just tired, we're running around, we have soccer, we have recitals, we have this, we have that, right? You could blame it on the kids. When your career is growing, you could blame it on the exhaustion of the kids. What happens when the kids grow up and they get out of the house They're off exploring the way you've raised them to be adventurous and curious, all the ways you no longer are. What happens when they're no longer there to be your buffer and your career is pretty stable and your business has grown and you have employees and people to take care of things. So you don't have to do a hundred hours in a week anymore. And it's just you and your lover. What do you do then? (laughs) Yeah, It, it is. If you don't do the work now to really help, you know, um, not have, those issues that so many couples have where they raise the kids and then they get divorced because they realize they don't have anything in common. They don't laugh anymore. They don't play anymore. There's no more nostalgia. They don't even use nicknames with each other anymore. It's just very formal roommate life. That's not okay. Oh dear. Nobody wants to end up there, right? A lot of the work we do, we, we spend a whole module on relationships and we talk about stress reducing conversations and just making that time yeah. to rebuild that intimacy. All right. So what you were talking about is couples come to see you now. In many cases, mm-hmm. there are marriages where one person is willing to take a step and the other isn't. One embarks in, on the therapy adventure for themselves. The other one doesn't. Yeah. And so what do you do if you're on either end of the conversation perhaps you're the person who wants to enact change but your partner doesn't want to hear about and they're okay with the status quo or your partner wants to change something and perhaps you just do not have the emotional bandwidth to deal with that at the moment where what do you do then yeah both of those answers are honestly the same you have to support yourself 
and mirror that support for the other person who you value in your life. So if you happen to be the person that's just at a different part of your growth stage with your own self-development, personal development, you have to honor that your spouse isn't where you are, but there's no judgment. The same way that someone who was way ahead of you in their personal development continuum of growth can't judge you because there was once upon a time when they were in a similar space of feeling, maybe different circumstances, but a similar space of feeling. So if you're willing to allow yourself to grow, you have to allow the person that you love the most in the world, besides your children, if you happen to have them, you have to give them that space to come into their own self-awareness as well. They'll come there a lot faster if you are being authentic and you're being true about your journey. You're not on the journey so you can compete with them because that's a whole Mm. different issue right? But if you're not on your journey to compete with your lover to say, I'm more woke than you are, I'm more, (laughs) right? Like I'm more grounded. I can meditate longer. Like if you're not that person, which you shouldn't be if you're in a healthy relationship, because there is no competing, no real competing with each other outside of a Wii game, right? Like there's no real competing with each other if you really love that person. Um, And if that's the case, then you allow them that space to grow. The same as if you're on the other side and you're like, you go ahead, you work on you because I ain't got time for that. I'm tired. I don't have no bandwidth for nothing else <laughs> besides this work that I have. I don't want to come to any sessions. You do you and don't ask me to be a part of it besides what I contribute to our household. In that same space, you have to support them in doing the journey and not belittle them for doing it because it's real easy for someone who's not ready to do the work to point the fingers and almost make fun of and shame the other, the other person, your spouse for wanting to change. Like we, we're 35 years old. We're 45 years old. I don't know what you, why you think we're going to change now. Hopefully that is the goal. Hopefully you will be the change that you need the most in the world. Not just what you want to reflect for others to give you likes and, and love on Instagram under relationship goals for you really want to be that. So if it happens to be your husband, as like, I am a thousand percent interested in growing and figuring out my trauma and figuring out what what's going on. Why is my nine year old driving my adult decisions as a leader in work? You know, why is my 17 year old self and all the stuff that I went through, the friendships that I lost, the people who betrayed me? Why is that stuff coming up now when I need to be in a conversation with my wife and that's the person that's showing up? If your husband is willing to do that work or vice versa, Don't just say, yeah, go ahead, do it. Say, you know, I support you. Be mindful that I'm not willing to do that work at this stage in my life. I may not truly feel like it's necessary, but don't rule out the possibility that seeing his growth or her growth, depending on what the situation is, seeing that may in fact make you get there faster because you see the possibilities with someone who is really close to you. Someone you probably never thought was going to change is doing it right before your eyes. In and of itself, that makes the other person curious. Hmm, like you, you're really not going to cuss and fuss and do all the things you normally would do in that situation. You're really, you really want to process this. You want to talk about something other than bills. You're asking me about my day and really not letting me get away with just answering, it's fine, it's okay. You're actually inquisitive. When they're doing the work, they come into your world in a much deeper way, probably a way that you've been longing for, but you didn't know how to ask for. So I say support it 
either way, support yourself where you are and mirror that support for the other person without shaming, which is very, very crucial. Nikita, you beautiful soul. If you were here, I'd be grabbing you for a nice coffee or whatever libation we could we could share. I so appreciate talking with you every single time. Yeah, I know you're a tea girl. <laughs> I, I, I still love my coffee. I, just, I, can't, I, I can't. I've tried decaf and but I just, oh, the coffee. Um, where can people find you? I know you have a book. I know people in our community are talking about your book. You have an amazing podcast. You have a Facebook community. Where can people get more Nikita goodness? Yeah, I would say the easiest place to go to to get into all the rooms and windows of all the things that we offer is go straight to our website, which is thigpro.com. There's all kinds of access to the calendar, access to the certified selfish Facebook group. Um, as the site is being developed, the book that is available in 400,000 locations globally, there'll Whoa. also be a ping there. The easiest place for people is like Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, but that'll be there. And our podcast, which I know you are a good fan of and I so I'm a appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> is balanced boldly for ambitious women in business and a few brave men so hopefully you guys can tune in in one of those areas and follow me along with the journey and hopefully come along as well Yes, you are. You know, I, um, I don't shower everybody with praise, but I have to say, especially for a community, you offer so much wisdom. And when I talk about you or share your wisdom, people always ask me, oh, who is that person you were talking about? And so I share your podcast regularly. It's you, your, your children are older, you have grandkids. And yeah. I especially appreciate my sons are almost two and four. They sleep quite well, I have to say, overall, right? And it's such a fun stage of life. But I always love looking up to parents who who have gone through those stages of life. And I can, um, I can look for reassurance that what I'm experiencing is normal. We, you know, the the um, I can you've you've inspired me to realize that after pain that there's there's meaning in pain. And I always thought that there is, right? But sometimes it's hard to to see it when you're experiencing it. I, I lost my father a couple of months ago, and it's also kind of, kind of made me discover some uh, some potential avenues for addictions, right? Like workaholism. So I, I listened to one of your podcasts around that, but one of my first reactions was to work a lot because he was proud of what I did. And so not just that, I needed to catch up on, on things that I didn't do while I was away caring for him. And so there was a legitimate reason that I, I needed to you know, pay some bills and take care of people and my clients. Yeah. Um, but, but then it slips into those habits, right? Uh, addictive, like too much work can be an addiction. And I think many of our listeners are familiar with developing their identity through their careers it becomes such an entrenched part and then juggling parenthood with that right we can we we can forget the relationship and the intimacy side of things that was so lovely that brought us there in the first place so so thank you for creating that space that wisdom I know that I think you're on season eight or nine of your podcast or even further along right yes congratulations (laughs) congratulations on that so we'll put that information in the show notes for for people to find you so thank you so much for your time I will see you backstage in just a second Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now make sure to review the show notes for any information we shared today, either about our guests or from myself. And then if you're ready to take action and turn working motherhood overwhelm into your greatest advantage, then head on over to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash pros and babes. Again, info in the show notes. Make sure to 
get the support you need to succeed in family and career, and be the first to know about new live networking events and training. And of course, connect with other moms who understand exactly what you're going through as a mom with a demanding career. If you're getting value from the show, I would be so grateful if you left us a review so we can reach more moms like you, moms in corporate, competitive, and STEM careers who should never be alone with a crushing overwhelm of trying to balance family and career life. See you next time.